She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 303, How to Start a Virtual Assistant Agency with Maria Caras. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Bolin, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the podcast. Today, we are hanging out with Maria Caraz, and she is coming to us from London. And I'm so excited to dive into what it is that she does, how she got to building her business where it's at today, and for her to share her story about life as as an entrepreneur. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's so exciting to be here. Yeah. Well, I'm pumped to have you. Why don't you take us away uh, or take it away and tell us what it is that you do. And then let's walk backwards in time and go back to how you started it and what your journey has been thus far. Okay. So where I am right now is I run a virtual assistance agency, which means basically I have a team of virtual assistants and we support creative entrepreneurs in growing and managing and basically running their businesses. So we specifically work with creatives like course creators, consultants, um, online educators, coaches. So we work with those kinds of people and we do all kinds of things for them. And I manage a team of different virtual assistants who kind of specialize in different areas. So we're kind of like a one-stop kind of marketing and admin shop. Mm-hmm. And alongside that, I also kind of coach virtual assistants to start their businesses. Okay. And I've got a training program, a membership, and an online course to help people do that. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. You're in London, which at first I was like, wait, how did you get to London? Okay, wait, pause. Let's wait till I press record and we'll talk about that. So take us back. How did you find yourself in this position and how did you grow your business? How did you transition? Tell us everything about your life. Okay. Oh my gosh. My life story. How much time do you have? Okay. So yeah, it kind of throws a few people whenever they, they talk to me cause I've got this American accent and then they hear that I'm from London and they kind of have to put the puzzle pieces together. Like, okay, how did you end up in London? You sound American. So Yes, I am in London. I am also Greek American. So I was born in the States to a Greek family and I have never managed to shift my American accent. So no matter where I've lived all over the world, I've held on to my American accent. So that's, that's staying and it confuses a lot of people. But <laughs> how did I end up here? So I grew up in Greece and um, I then moved to London to study, to go to university. I studied film, um, film production, and sort of media arts. And that led me to a job in the film industry. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I wanted to be like a film producer. And somehow I ended up being a film publicist, which is, oh. which is kind of like the complete other side of production. It's more like um, marketing films and publicizing films and working with actors and directors and doing premieres or premieres. And um, yeah, so I did that. That was my corporate start. That was my, my career. My career was in film. I started in film and I worked for a large movie studio in London for about two and a half years, I think it was. And it was just an amazing experience. 
like I I guess it was a corporate job, but I never kind of considered it like your traditional corporate job because I just was having so much fun. Sure. <laughs> I know most people at corporate want, want, but no, there's people can certainly yeah. find fulfillment and being in the right corporate job that plays into strengths and it doesn't feel as if it's that what most people deem as the corporate or how they feel when yeah. you think of corporate. Yeah, it was I was just having too much fun because I was working with an amazing I was working with an amazing team. I was doing kind of once in a lifetime things. Like I was on red carpets, I was doing press junkets with some of the most amazing people in Hollywood. Um so yeah, in a sense it wasn't your traditional kind of button up corporate job. It was very fun. It was exactly what I wanted to be doing in my 20s. Um and I had the most amazing team. We I, I just was really, it kind of came naturally in our, like, we had a really great friendship. So when, so basically I met my husband at university, he's British and we, we were living together when I was in corporate. So we decided to get engaged and then we decided to move to Greece to do our wedding. Mm -hmm. And this was after two and a half years of working in London. I had been in London for like 10 years by that time. So after 10 years in London, we decided to move to Greece and we were coming back to an economy that was failing. It was 2011, which was when um, the Greek crisis was just in full swing. Mm. Um, there were no jobs. There was no hope of even starting my own business because it was just not the right environment for that kind of thing. And I was lost. I was just like, what am I going to do? We, we're not making any money here. My husband has a job, but he wasn't really making enough to cover, like, if we wanted to start a family, it just wasn't enough. So um, luckily, my employers kind of reached out to me. They didn't know that, that, was, that I was going through this. They reached out to me and offered me to work remotely for them still yes. from Greece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was... It was amazing that I continued to kind of have this stable-ish job with them working in Greece. So that was just a dream come true. So I've, I've been working with them since. So that's, that was like eight years ago now. And I'm still working with them in a remote position. And I think that's just a testament of how important it is to create those deep relationships with the people that you work with when you're in corporate, because you just never know how they're going to show up in your life if you decide to do something different. Mm -hmm. um, so then, so then you're working with them from, from like a contract basis. And then do you have other clients that you work with as well? Exactly. So we're taking yeah. them, we, we work with them as a, um, so they're one of our clients, one of our many clients. And I, I personally consult with them directly. Like I don't have anybody else on my team working with them. It's me working with them. Um, and yeah, so it is on a con contract basis. I love um, it. I know. It's <laughs> honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better turnout with this. Like I get the best of both worlds. I get to build my own business, but I also get to have that stability of having that kind of recurring income with my with that one client. Uh -huh. I, of yeah. course we have many recurring clients, but they're like that. They're my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, so. no, absolutely. So how did you, so in 2011, they reached out and that started that relationship. Then at what point from 2011 to where we are today, did you start to realize that, okay, there's something here. I can be doing this for other people. And then how did you 
take the first step to find more clients and then just grow and scale in a way that then you brought in other people to help service the clients that you were bringing on? Yes, that's such a good question. Um, so yeah, I thought this was amazing. I thought if I could do this with my client working, um, uh, working across a continent, basically, um, then I can do it with people all over the world and just the whole world of opportunity opened up to me and I started researching sort of how to get clients like this. And that's kind of where I came across the term virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to specialize in kind of what I was already doing for my other employer, which is kind of marketing and publicity and press releases and all of that stuff and, and copywriting as well. And honestly, I'm very embarrassed to say this, but I started on Upwork looking for other clients. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've found people on Upwork. It's been amazing. And, um, it seems like I would love to share your experience as, um, oh. someone who started on there. Yeah. So I did start on there. I started on Upwork. Um, Upwork's, up, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Upwork. I had a great experience with Upwork because I found some truly amazing clients to work with as, as first clients, they were really, really, I got really lucky there. So I found a client on there who was start doing like a fashion startup. So he needed some virtual assistant help and he did needed help building his Squarespace website and he was just working in fashion. So that alone was just, Oh my God, this is so much fun. I don't believe I get to get paid to do this while I'm at home. <laughs> And then I found another client who was also starting a luxury towel brand. So I did blog posts for her. So I was really selective about the clients that I was going to be working with on Upwork. And I got really lucky. Those clients stuck with me for a while. They um, introduced me to new skills like Squarespace. I'd never heard of Squarespace before, Mm -hmm. Um, but I learned so much doing it for this one client that I went on to build my own website by myself on Squarespace. Yeah. So I love Squarespace. I think it's the bee's knees. (laughs) It is totally the bee's knees. I just feel so empowered being in control of my website. Like that for me is everything. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm so grateful to the clients who hired me to, to do that for them because I now have those skills that help me in my business that help others in their businesses. So, so I got really lucky with Upwork. I was on Upwork for about looking for jobs for about a year on Upwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of, guess that kind of around that time, like 2012, 2013, I started to get into Facebook groups quite a bit. And I started creating relationships and meeting people and networking on Facebook groups. And that's kind of when I started to build a reputation for myself. And that's where my clients started coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially from referrals, from people that I met on Facebook. So I was very intentional about um, sharing my expertise where I could so that I could make an impression and build a reputation. So that worked really well for me. And I still, I'm still a huge advocate for Facebook groups and getting clients from them. And I guess really by that point, I was getting a lot of interest. So once I got into Facebook groups, I had my website and built my Squarespace website. And then I had, I was getting a lot of interest, a lot of referrals coming my way. A lot of people contacting me on my, um, 
contact form on my website and I was getting way too much work that I could, than I could handle. And I guess it's been about a year, a year and a half where I've started to build a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, so I have a team now. I have kind of, we have, my sisters actually are um, sort of our general project manager. So I'm not really handling our clients. My sister is now our kind of client communications person. She manages the projects. And my job is basically I'm the face of the company and I'm responsible for new business. Mm. So it's been a kind of a big transition in the space of seven years. I yeah. Think. No, that's an, inc- I mean, that's an incredible um, story just in terms of showing how the, w- what's possible with the mm-hmm. journey and how y- you found yourself in this position in 2011, your company reached out to you, you got to work with them on a contract basis. You put yourself out there on Upwork to find um, clients to learn what you like, what you didn't like. And then it's super cool to see how then just even within the past year or year or two, you've been able to bring on other people to help manage your clients. I would love to know, paint us a picture of what it's like and what it has been like in the beginning stages of bringing your sister on and, and how do you manage everything behind the scenes? Is it still like, what does that even look like? Paint us a picture. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's always been a dream to work with my sister because we just trust each other implicitly and we have very similar work ethics. We have very um, similar levels of um, standard of quality. Is that, am I saying that right? Like yeah. we have a very <laughs> high standards. <laughs> um, so that was an absolute dream to have her come on board. And I trust her with our team so much. We have a shorthand, so we get things done really quickly. Um, and really, we just, we just have, we're basically in Slack all day long, just talking to our team, talking with our clients, and just getting things done. And we have weekly meetings with my sister. We talk about our kind of bigger business goals. So it's important that we take that time to kind of really step, take a step back and assess where we want the business to be going. Cause it's, it's so easy to get stuck in the minutia and the day to day of like client work, but we really want to build something quite impactful. So we do take that time to think about the bigger picture and track our goals, set goals and kind of go for them together, if that makes sense. So yeah, so yeah, I guess that's what it looks like. It, it looks like we're talking to each other more. It looks like we're setting goals together, and and it's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah, no, it's so important to take out to carve out time to actually plan and and to. Mm-hmm know what you're doing and look at your goals and then actually schedule that onto the calendar. I know one of my really good girlfriends, she had posted on Instagram how she schedule blocked minute by minute, um, <laughs> everything for the next six weeks. And I'm like, Oh, I ha- I need to do that. And I just did oh it the other day and it feels so good to know, okay, where do I want to be in six weeks or in a year or six mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. and then work backwards and actually schedule in the, what, what it is that you need to produce in those, in those, um, time blocks. What are three actionable things you recommend new business business owners do when they're starting out? 
Okay. I love actionable things. Um, yes. <laughs> so I do this a lot with, so I coach um, women mostly and like new mothers to start their businesses. Um, mostly as virtual assistants, but I also coach other women who just want to start an online business and have kind of time freedom. Mm-hmm. So love one, it. yeah. So um, first thing I would ask people to do this is considering you already know what you want to do. I would ask them to talk to their target audience. Don't worry about collecting data or doing surveys or anything like that. Find five people who are your target and actually have real conversations with them. Okay. Ask them about their hopes, ask them about their dreams, ask them about their struggles, what they look for in relation to what you do. And honestly, these conversations are gold. You will get so much useful information in terms of how to position your business, what services to offer, um, what problems you're solving. And that information will help you in all aspects of your business, your copywriting, creating your packages, the way you market yourself. So honestly, before you do anything else before you build your website, before you even pick a name for your business, talk to five people who are your target audience. Just have those real conversations. And even from those conversations, you might even get paying clients down the line, or they might even refer paying clients to you. So that's the one thing. Have just real conversations with people. Don't worry about the data, the big data. Just talk to people. Mm-hmm learn. I love that too. And I I love um, that you said, don't worry about worrying about a business name or anything like that. I think oftentimes we get hung up on what is my business name and we prevent ourselves from actually taking any Mm -hmm. additional action because we we convince ourselves that we can't move on without knowing our business name, but in reality, it's slowing us down. So I always, one way that I do that is if I'm trying to think of something that I don't have a name for, or I want to, yeah, put a label on it. Mm -hmm. I always tell myself, okay, I'm putting this label on it or I'm calling it this, even though that's not the final thing. And I know that's not the final thing. I can always come back to it and it sort of saves it as a place marker. So it Mm -hmm. mentally tricks myself into allowing me to move past it versus being stuck. So I love that you brought that up. And then I know, um, a couple other things you talk about. One is picking a social media platform and just pick one. So tell us more about that. Yes. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like I sometimes need to take my own advice here, but, but, (laughs) but for someone who's just starting out because I need to take my own advice because I feel like I'm everywhere or I'm trying to be everywhere. But in reality, the, the social media platforms that I really focus on are Facebook groups and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, so I've picked two. So maybe, maybe pick two, but really if you're just starting out, pick one social media platform that comes naturally to you. So if, if you like taking pretty pictures, you can go onto Instagram. If you like having conversations on Facebook and you do that anyway, then focus on Facebook. But I would say pick a social media platform to start building your online presence before you even have anything to sell, before you have a website, before anything at all, start building an online following an audience. And even if you don't know what you're going to sell yet, just put yourself out there, put your message out there, put yourself and your personality and your, your personal brand 
and we have all got one mm-hmm. and just put it out there, start talking, start conversations, build that online platform, build your following, engage people, uh, create a community. And then when you do have something to sell, you have something to sell someone to sell it to. Mm-hmm. And that they'll get value from it as well. Yes, exactly. Because you will have had those conversations and you will glean so much from having these conversations that you can produce a product or a service that will um, suit them, mm-hmm. that will solve their problem. Yeah. And I love how you say pick one social media platform. I think it can be easy to think that with, oh my gosh, there's so much out there that we have to be everywhere and anywhere. And it can be very energetically draining. And one thing mm-hmm. I know for she did it her way, we have a Twitter account and we mm-hmm. push our social media to Twitter because it's through an automated system and it just helps us do that. But in terms of total engagement, it's not necessarily where we spend a bulk of our time a lot. Oftentimes it's in Facebook groups or um, on Instagram, similar exactly. to what you said as well. And just being intentional about that and just having a, having a presence versus showing up and feeling like you have to constantly engage as two mm-hmm. different things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's fine maybe when you're bigger and you have the money to spend on um, really robust scheduling platforms that push to all the different, you know, social media platforms. But when you have limited resources and limited time, then just focus on the one. And yeah, if you can use automation to push to other platforms that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, then yeah, do that. But, but like you said, definitely focus your engagement and activity on the one platform. Yeah. And my platform is definitely Instagram. <clears throat> that, yeah. Instagram. I love Instagram. And then you said the third thing was, is to write down your day-to-day um, life to look what you want it to look like in your business. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that's kind of, that should have been my number one, really, because that, that's really all where it starts. So you need to envision and create a picture of what you want your day-to-day life to look like and really get into detail here, sort of what time are you waking up in the morning? What kind of emails are you getting? What time do you finish work? Um, how many holidays do you take? Um, who are your clients? Like, what does your actual day-to-day look like? Because that will determine what kind of business you're building. Yeah. And you want to be able to be intentional, like you're saying, and have an idea because I think a lot of times too, we feel guilty about wanting to maybe only work six hours a day or four hours a day. And so therefore we feel like we need to be working full eight hours. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that I know that do only work like three, three half days a week. Right. And it Mm -hmm. is possible to be able to do that and to carve out the time, um, to actually think about it. Cause if you don't, think about it and you don't put it out there, you'll never know. Exactly. Exactly. And if you only want to work three hours a day, then to think about how are you going to build a business that only where you're only required to work three hours a day and how does that fit into how much money you're going to be making? So yeah, you need to think about all that. I love it. What is, what are some of your favorite software tools that you use in your business? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Asana, everything's in Asana. Um, Google, Google drive is just, everything is there. Everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's a a tool. It's just my life. So I don't really consider it a tool, but if we're going to go software, so Asana, definitely. I love the Pomodoro timer, which is kind of a Chrome extension. So it makes you work in 25 minute bursts and I'm terrible for getting distracted. So I need like, I need to work in short bursts. So that really helps me with that. 
And um, what is my other tool? And I guess Slack. Oh, I have a tool, another Chrome extension called Momentum Dash. It's not really a tool, but it's it's Momentum Dash. So it's um it's kind of like a desktop for your tabs in your Chrome browser. Okay. And it shows you like you open a new tab and it's got like the most beautiful landscape shot and it greets you like, hello, Amanda. Oh. And then what is one thing you're going to do today? And then you can type in what your one thing is for that day. I like it. I'm going to have to try that out. I've never heard of it. That's amazing. Oh, it's so, like, it totally keeps you focused. Like just if you're going to do one thing today, what is that going to be? You type it out and then you can go and like cross it off at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's, I'm going to have to look into that. I've never heard of it. Um, What is, I would love for you to share what's been a, um, let's not call it a failure, but a time when you were very uncomfortable growing your business. Okay. I think this is an easy one for me. So (laughs) (laughs) there was a time, it wasn't that long ago, like maybe it was like seven or eight months ago when I kind of decided I am going to do online courses and coaching and a group membership, and I'm going to let some of our clients go so that I can focus on this. So kind of more community building and a little bit more passive income kind of thing. So we let some of our clients go, and I was building this course for like a month. And in that time, like a month or two months, we didn't really have that much Um, income coming in from from clients. So the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Is this actually going to work? What am I doing? My family's like depending on me. Um, Yeah. So I was questioning the whole thing. My husband was questioning the whole thing during that period. And it was like a really scary time. And I I guess I'm kind of still in that time. It's a lot better now because I've had the validation of having people do my group program, do the coaching, buy my course. So it's definitely working. But there was a period where I kind of gave up a lot to create this thing that I wasn't sure was going to work. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, they, that's such a great story. And, and that is something that I, I believe, if not all of us listening and that are on the podcast can relate to. And it's so how our brain works, the primitive brain that wants to protect us. And if we step outside and do something that we've never done before, it Mm -hmm. sort of freaks out, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it causes us this this discomfort that sometimes can be mistaken for, okay, well, don't do it versus no, that's normal because you're doing something that you've never done before. And oftentimes that discomfort can distract us and keep us from actually moving forward when really it's just getting more comfortable with feeling the feelings. And I totally relate to that as Mm -hmm. well. I'm sure there's, I mean, we'll never not feel it, right? You're always going to feel it as you go and do new things. Exactly. You just have to embrace it and just accept that that's all part of the process. But I do have to say that's also when I invested in in a group coaching program. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have gotten through it if I hadn't had that coach holding me accountable and encouraging me to kind of keep pushing through. I do have to give some credit there. I probably could have done it on my own, but it probably would have dragged on a lot longer. Um, So yeah, I do have to give credit there to my coach who helped me through it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot uh, easier when you have cheerleaders and people pushing you to say, okay, just do it. Go do it. Don't be scared. (laughs) I love it. Well, let's move into rapid fire round. And so these are meant to be quick and fast. What is something in your life that is a non-negotiable? 
uh, my coffee in the morning and it's decaf. Yeah. Decaf coffee. Oh my gosh. Okay. Is that <laughs> what, it, um, what is Why? the coffee? They no over in England. It's, um, instant coffee. So do you do regular coffee or do you instant coffee? Oh, do you not have instant coffee in the States? We do, but I've noticed that like times that I've gone to England, it's very much like instant coffee is a thing where, and I feel in the US it's an espresso or straight brewed coffee. Oh yeah. Okay. So I do, I'll have brewed coffee, but um, when I can't be bothered during the day, I'll just have an instant coffee. I love it. And I think I like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I digress. What is one thing where you get your inspiration from? Okay. Um, Instagram for sure. Uh, a lot of people have issues with social media. I find Instagram very inspiring. It makes me want to be a better business owner, a better mom, a better boss. Uh, yeah. Super motivating and inspiring for me and, and walks in the woods, which are behind our house super inspiring for me. I love being in the woods. Yes. Uh, what is something that you believe that others may think is insane? That I drink decaf coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, sometimes you just like the taste of it, right? I love the taste of coffee and I do not need the anxiety that comes with it. So decaf all the way. Oh oh yeah. (laughs) What is one of your favorite quotes? Um, okay. This is, I have this on my whiteboard in my office. It's Paolo Coelho's quote, one day or day one, you decide. So good. And then what is the best $100 or less purchase one can make in their business? Yeah, this is, this is really hard. This is so hard. I'm always going to go towards education or yeah, learning. I'm going to go with the book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Mm, I think it's so amazing. So good. <laughs> Love that book. And then the, um, you are a badass at making money too is so good as well. I haven't read that yet. Oh, it's really good. Really good. I definitely recommend it for sure. That's so good. Awesome. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you'd love to share or where, um, share with our listeners where they can find out more information about you and connect with you? You can always find me at my website, MariaCaris, that's two R's.com. And there you'll find out about my coaching services for virtual assistants. You'll find out about the services we provide for business owners as virtual assistants. And I've also got a free five-day challenge to anyone for anyone who wants to start their virtual assistant business. And you can find that at um, launchyourvabiz.com. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.